listen to it, and I just laugh and laugh. <laughs> and then I, uh, my coworkers are just like, "What's so funny in there?" I'm like, "There's this podcast. You gotta hear it." <laughs> Welcome to I Tell My Husband the News. I'm Shannon Ray Green, a journalist at USA Today. Each week, I catch my husband up on all the stories he may have missed. He doesn't really like to read or watch the news, so I'm pretty much his sole news source. It's a big responsibility. My husband, Dusty Terrell, is a local comedian in the Washington, D.C. area. Thanks for being here, Dusty. Thanks for having me, Shannon. What's going on over there? Hey, Shannon. How was your weekend? (laughs) Oh, it was lovely. Oh, good. Yeah. I and got... we did a lot. We went to a wedding. Woohoo. Another wedding. Yeah, I know. This is uh, a lot of weddings. This a lot of wedding. We got another last... one coming up next month, too. I'm so excited. I don't know if um, the person listening to this knows. I'm talking to you, person who's listening. We love love. We love weddings. It's so sweet. It's a lot of fun. And then we also visited some of your family. Yeah. It was really great to see my Aunt Patty. As always. Yeah, and it was her birthday. So happy birthday, Aunt Patty. You rule. I didn't know Aunt Patty had an October birthday. That's right. A lot of people in my family have October birthdays. You know who my favorite person who's having a birthday in October is? Is it your cousin Katie? Well, she does have a birthday in October. That's I right. I knew that. And I do love Katie a whole bunch. But she's not your favorite? Mm, I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could say, but now I'm having trouble. So, is it me? Am I your favorite? It's a, it's, one could argue for it. <laughs> I felt complimented. Now I feel insulted. <laughs> you know, I bet you Katie doesn't even listen to this I, podcast. She's I, never even going to find out. You know, she may, and that's enough for me. To not want to. You think that Katie would be mad <laughs> that you said your husband um, is your favorite. I think sh- maybe she wouldn't be mad, but she would enjoy giving me a hard time about it. Mm, that's she might, true. She might just give me a hard time about this because <laughs> it's awkward as all get out because <laughs> I'm insulting my husband on our podcast. But I did it for the love of Katie, and I think she can only respect that. This one's for you, Keek. Well, I'm glad you saved face with your cousin, but now your husband's not going to talk to you for (laughs) the rest of the week. What an empty threat. As if you could could avoid talking to me. You love me. As soon as this podcast is over. (laughs) Silence. (laughs) Well, I mean, I feel like there's benefits in that for me. I got to go to bed early tonight. Rude. (laughs) We didn't get any new five-star reviews, uh, but as we said, my birthday now is growing ever closer. It's this Friday, so this week's the week. If you want to get me a birthday present by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, it would be greatly appreciated. And it also might make him less angry with his wife around his birthday? Incorrect. (laughs) You can also tweet us. I'm at Dusty Terrell. I'm at Shannon Ray Green. And you can email us at I tell my husband the news at usatoday.com. 
And why don't you click that little subscribe button in whatever podcast app you use. I think that sounds grand. Shannon, I think we've been talking about it recently. I don't know if we want to address this on mic, but we need to grow our listenership or else we might have to stop doing it. So if you really love our podcast, just just tell people about it. Tell a friend, say, hey, you got to listen to this podcast. They're great. Help and us. If, and if you don't, then they might stop doing it. And also if you tweet any sort of link, we have a link now that's uh, gopod.me slash ITMHTN. So it's just I tell my husband the news as letters. So it's <laughs> gopod.me slash ITMHTN. And so if you tweet that up, you put it on Facebook, uh, you put it in other places to let people know that they can go to this site and then whatever device they're on, they'll be able to listen to our show, whether they're on an iPhone or an Android or whether they're on desktop, they'll be able to find the show. So yeah, it, Dusty's right. <laughs> we, I know we ask for reviews every week and those help, but we, we just want to try to have even more people listen so that we can keep this thing going. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, we're not going anywhere fast. That's the problem, Shannon, is we're going nowhere fast. <laughs> I think that is the problem. So we're very grateful to our listeners. And if, if there's someone who wants to tweet at us and wants to help be our hype machine, helping us tweet or helping us get the word out about our show, like, please hit us up. You would be a valuable part of our team. There's no money in it. <laughs> we should be upfront. There's no money in it. <laughs> but it sure is fun. And we'll pay you in fun. <laughs> and also... But again, cannot stress enough, fun is not currency. Yeah, but we'll pay you in jokes. I think you gotta stop using the word pay, I think. <laughs> Don't look now, but your boss is probably spying on your work phone or computer. Uh-oh. I gotta go uh, clear some of my browser history, Shannon. Be right back. <laughs> this is written by my colleague Jefferson Graham. He has a show for USA Today that's called Talking Tech, and he talks tech, as you'd expect, on his podcast that's daily. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. If you're concerned about being tracked by Facebook and Google when you're out and about and by stores when you enter their retail environment, get used to it. Because at work, your employer is probably doing it now and will be even more active very soon. Brian Kropp is a group vice president with the business consultancy Gartner. He said, quote, this is the modern workplace now. If you work at a medium to large size company, the odds are the different behaviors you engage in will be tracked by your employer, generated and collected by somebody in the organization, unquote. By 2020, some 80% of businesses will be monitoring employees using a range of tools and data sources, according to Gartner. This is up from 50% currently and just 30% in 2015. Gartner surveyed 239 large corporations to come up with its conclusions. Crop said that if you work on a company-issued computer or phone and access the firm's network, quote, they can get access, unquote. Crop says when the subject is broached with people, they tend to get defensive and worry about Big Brother until he explains why the companies are doing this. 
It's the glass door effect. Think of it as another variation of those surveys firms send out to see how staffers feel about them. They are looking to monitor email, texts, social media exchanges, and our movements to gauge happiness, says Krupp. Quote, the vast majority of companies using this type of information are doing it to better understand their employees and create a better environment, unquote. Privacy advocates are appalled. Li Tian is a senior staff attorney with the Electronic Frontier Foundation, says, quote, employees should be extremely concerned, unquote. He notes that recent scandals involving both data breaches, Yahoo, Capital One, Equinox, Facebook, have made people more concerned about their privacy and how Google and Facebook track their every move in a bid to sell targeted, personalized advertising. Tian said, quote, but when people think about what Facebook and Google know about them, it's not usually connected to workplace surveillance, except to the extent that employers might retaliate against them for what they do in their non-work lives, unquote. So here's how they're tracking us. Email, text messages, and inter-office communication programs like Slack and Microsoft Teams. Krupp says companies anonymize the data and scrape it to get a sense of whether workers are happy at work. They also tend to look for trends, such as when employees log in and log out, to get a read on their time management. Are they spending too many hours at night responding to emails? Krupp says, quote, that's a bad indicator, unquote. Some companies have started using the webcams on laptops to, quote, track facial expressions to see if people feel frustrated at work, unquote. That's another quote from Crop. Others have put digital devices under conference room tables as a way of sensing body temperatures and whether people are coming into the room to use it. They also check the calendar programs to see who's meeting with whom. And there's even microchipping. A Wisconsin firm in 2017 picked up worldwide headlines when it asked employees to let them insert microchips in their bodies. I think actually maybe you told me about that in a, in a headline roundup or something. Yeah. I, I remember that story. Yeah. The firm, Three Square Market, said it was to make it easier for employees to get in and out without having to scan their badges and instead just wave their hands. But the concept hasn't caught on. Since then, only four other firms have offered microchipping to their workers, and one of them, a Mexican firm, did it to keep track of top execs in case they were kidnapped. Krop says that was, quote, so they would know how to find them, unquote. And movements. In February, co-working space WeWork brought the startup Euclid, which tracks the number of people who attend company meetings using Wi-Fi to monitor them. Betsy Mickle, who's a content strategist who works for the publication Inc., said, quote, tracking employees as they go about their work days presents obvious privacy concerns. Frankly, it's creepy, unquote. Krop says the most popular form of tracking now is simply monitoring badge swipes in and out of the building, followed by when you log in and out to your work computer, and analyzing your calendar and email activity. In our personal lives, when we go into a store, everything is being tracked by marketing firms to better understand the customer experience. Krop says that it's now coming to the employee experience. But there are simple ways to see whether your employer or school is monitoring your iPhone. Apple spells it out on the help page. In settings, general, on the top of the page, it will say, this iPhone is supervised and managed by the organization. You can go to settings, general, profiles, and device management to see how they are monitoring the phone. For Android phones, Google allows organizations to manage, secure, and monitor activity, even if they're not on company-issued devices. But the employer has to subscribe to Google's G Suite Enterprise Software Suite. Google says it can restrict access to device settings and features such as mobile networks, Wi-Fi, screen captures, and more, monitor compliance with policies you set, and get reports about users, devices, and OS versions. 
Discovering that the company has control of your phone on Android is tougher than with iOS, but privacyrights.org notes, quote, you should ask your employer for more information on the company policy around managed mobile devices. Unquote. If my company is considering how they could monitor me so that they can make a better like work environment or make me happier, <laughs> all they have to do is take all the money that they were going to spend to monitor me and just put that into my paycheck. <laughs> then I'll be a happier worker. It's not a secret, Shannon. Pay me more money, and I like my job more. You're all about your bottom line, huh? Yeah, definitely. It is creepy, though. It's creepy that they might be looking at you for your facial expressions from the camera. That's definitely uncomfortable for me to think about. I mean, I already think that we have a lot of people who are working remotely, and they have their camera on the entire day. So that someone could like just walk over and be like, hey, what's up? And I just think it's funny that like the camera would be enabled. I don't I just don't even see how that could tell you that much. I mean, I, I don't I think my face is pretty blank most of the day <laughs> yeah, I while know. I'm working. I know. It's not like I'm just like smiling randomly in the middle of yeah. like writing an email or. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, I just had no idea that there were devices like ones underneath tables and conference rooms you know that's just that freaks me out a little too the only way i'm smiling or laughing at work is if i'm listening to a podcast while i'm at work namely this podcast <laughs> that's a little egocentric of you there honey i just i listen to it and i just laugh and <laughs> laugh and then I, my coworkers are just like, what's so funny in there? I'm like, there's this podcast. You got to hear it. <laughs> I mean, it's good. You're taking a page out of your own playbook, trying to get all your friends listening. I, I just always tell them, I'm like, it's a great podcast, a husband and wife team. Um, <laughs> the husband is hilarious. The wife's a little mean to him, but... Uh, <laughs> The, and the and there's there's a lot of jokes from the husband about his wife abandoning him. Yeah, and that's kind of like you know it's just like oh be Truth. be your own person maybe be an adult and be okay with it. Oh, see, this is part of the meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his wife's kind of mean to him, but he takes it with stride. I think he does. You get so hurt by me ever being mean. No, I think he takes it pretty well. <laughs> I mean, better than I would be able to handle it, for sure. <laughs> you definitely aren't saying that with a straight face over there. <laughs> Lithium-ion batteries. How they work and why their creators earned a Nobel. This was written by my colleague, Brett Molina. He also hosts a podcast for USA Today. It's called Mothership. A whole bunch of podcasters writing stories. That's right. He writes, Our smartphones, tablets, and laptops would probably be worthless without them. The lithium-ion battery is a technological breakthrough that helped its creators earn the Nobel Prize in Chemistry this past Wednesday. In a statement, the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences, the presenters of the Nobel, said, quote, they created a rechargeable world, unquote. The prizes come with a $918,000 cash award, a gold medal, and a diploma. 
The Nobel Committee wrote that since entering the market in 1991, lithium-ion batteries have, quote, laid the foundation of a wireless, fossil-fuel-free society and are of the greatest benefit to humankind, unquote. So when were they created? Stanley Whittingham, a distinguished professor of chemistry at Binghamton University, created the foundation of the lithium-ion battery in the 1970s during the oil crisis. Although that battery could hold up to 2 volts of energy, most modern batteries are 1.5 volts, it was too explosive to be viable. This was all according to the Nobel Committee. In 1980, John B. Goodenough of the University of Texas, Austin, created a component better at handling lithium ions, or charged lithium atoms, that have lost one of their three electrons. This led to more powerful batteries. Five years later, Akira Yoshino of Asahi Kaisai Corporation and Meiho University in Japan created the first commercially viable lithium-ion battery. According to the Department of Energy, a lithium-ion battery has electric conductors we know as the plus and minus ends of a battery that store lithium, an electrolyte and a separator that help in the distribution of lithium ions through the battery, and collectors for positive and negative electrical currents. When one of these batteries discharges, a flow of ions is created from the anode to the cathode, generating power. When you charge the battery, the flow reverses from the cathode to the anode. The development of the lithium-ion battery was revolutionary in the tech world, powering devices such as mobile phones and laptops. The batteries last much longer because users can recharge them hundreds of times. The committee said, quote, The advantage of lithium-ion batteries is that they are not based upon chemical reactions that break down the electrodes, but upon lithium ions flowing back and forth between the anode and cathode, unquote. The batteries have been used to store energy for solar and wind power, which the committee said is critical to moving away from fossil fuels. One of the big issues with lithium-ion batteries is their tendency to overheat. This is according to the Clean Energy Institute based at the University of Washington. And explode. Looking at you, Samsung. (laughs) The Clean Energy Institute said, quote, Because of the risks associated with these batteries, a number of shipping companies refuse to perform bulk shipments of batteries by plane, unquote. Lithium-ion batteries have become crucial to the deployment of electric vehicles, ranging from the Tesla Model 3 to the Chevrolet Bolt to the Nissan Leaf. Unlike hybrid cars, which typically use nickel-metal hydride batteries, electric cars use higher-performance lithium-ion batteries. Their high power-to-weight ratio, energy efficiency, and temperature control are particularly useful for transportation purposes. This is all according to the Department of Energy. Although prices have come down significantly, electric vehicles remain more expensive than gasoline-powered cars because of the costs associated with lithium-ion batteries. International Trade Commission analysts projected that electric car costs would fall to the same level as conventional vehicles by 2025 or 2030. That's according to a report that published last December. In the long term, electric vehicles could graduate to other power storage technologies. Experts said ones like solid-state batteries or lithium-air batteries could work. Took them long enough to award the lithium-ion creators. <laughs> I think you said 1991. What were they? What were they considering? I mean, yeah, it's, I agree. It's a it's a huge breakthrough. How would we live without it? <laughs> but you know. Let's let's wait 30 years before we give them their prize. <laughs> I heard next year they're considering giving it to the creators of the microwave. I mean, I think we should talk about Nobel Prize winning things more often on this here podcast. I wonder how many 
how many of the things I've created could be submitted for a prize. What have you created? Mm. Well, you know, you do make a really cute penguin out of clay and a cute elephant out of clay. Let's get those submitted over to the Nobel Prize Committee. Do they have Nobel Prizes for for that? (laughs) What about this podcast? We created that. Does the Pulitzer have a uh, million-dollar cash prize? Yeah, because, I mean, if if there ever was an award-winning podcast, it's it's got to be this one. You aren't, you aren't big-headed in the slightest. That husband, he's just so funny. The wife's a little mean, but... <laughs> that should be our new tagline. And last today, we've got the lightning-fast headline roundup. Does Dusty care about these stories in the slightest? Here we go. Jesse J. reveals Channing Tatum's nickname. With a name like Channing Tatum, you gotta have a nickname. He's lucky that he's good looking. Otherwise, I think he would have been made fun of for his name his whole life. You love Channing Tatum. You're always talking about him. (laughs) You say that I'm always talking about him, but I'm really not. You're always talking about Scarlett Johansson, and that is true. You like her. I mean, I don't think I talk about her more than daily. (laughs) that's not true (laughs) and I'm glad for it that that's not true because I'd be like you gotta stop it it's gotta stop today (laughs) today's the day it's gotta stop (laughs) that's what I would say but you're so great yeah I guess she said cuddle machine when she mentioned him that is my nickname for you how dare she (laughs) what would be their celebrity nickname would be Chessie (laughs) yikes Cardinals stun Braves with 10 runs in first. Shannon, it's football season. Nobody cares about baseball anymore. TSA inspects bag full of flaming Hot Cheetos. I get it. You don't want that plane to set on fire. <laughs> Best man pranks groom with wedding dress. When a member of the wedding party is considering doing a prank... They should consider otherwise. Yeah. On the wedding day. Like yeah, just that's no don't. good. Yeah. New gigantic wasps are the stuff of nightmares. Say no more. I'm already having nightmares about it. <laughs> Adorable penguins try to pop bubbles. There's such a thing as being too much, Shannon. <laughs> I fail to see it. I fail, I fail to recognize when things have hit too much if they're in the adorable sector. Liz Fair dives deep into emotion in new book. I mean, I don't normally read books, but I'm definitely not going to read a book deep into emotion. <laughs> I think you should. I think you're missing out. No, thanks. It's a boy. Lauren Conrad welcomes son number two. If there's anybody I care less about than the the royals it's reality tv stars Mm. home is where the job is pros and cons of telecommuting pros you don't have to wear pants cons there are none (laughs) (laughs) well you don't work from home a bunch no i'm unfortunately forced to wear pants (laughs) I think that's the best for everyone. Maybe that's another good way uh, for employers to 
make their their employee employees happier don't require pants. Mm, let's not move forward with that. I think mm. that there. I think you haven't fully thought this through. And yeah, we shouldn't move forward with that. Yeah, that's maybe not one of my Nobel Prize winning <laughs> ideas. Sony confirms PlayStation Five to launch in twenty twenty. I don't even have a PlayStation Four yet, Shannon. I know, and I don't want you to have to get a PlayStation Five. No, we probably should get a PlayStation Four. Let's wait till the Five comes <laughs> out. We'll get it at rock bottom prices. Rock bottom prices, Shannon. Mm. I don't think I can miss a whole generation. I'm gonna have to. What? You don't even play the PlayStation that much ever. Um, you play it like once a quarter, maybe, maybe, probably yeah. like like twice a year, maybe. I like that you hang out with me rather than playing PlayStation. I like that. Yeah, I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> and I'm the one who's mean. No, no, Terrell. <laughs> Las Vegas resort fees on the rise. They already are too much. <laughs> I hate fees. <laughs> There's no point in having a resort fee. Just charge what it costs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hunting on for the best deals online. Oh, look at this hotel. It's only $30 a night, but you got to pay $5 million in resort fees. Ridiculous. Next week on I Tell My Husband the News. Well, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. That's why it's called the news. <laughs> I Tell My Husband the News is part of the USA Today podcast network. New episodes come out every Monday. If you want to check out other podcasts from all across the USA Today network, just go to podcast.usatoday.com or find them wherever you listen to podcasts like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.